0: Buccaneers from the 48 yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15 10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4 yard line. Holy croc <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon. Looking Gannon. Looking Gannon. Those up the middle. the inside at the Derrick 30. Derek Brooks 30. Brooks to the 25. 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Derrick. We're going to win
1: the Super Bowl.
0: Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big, nasty Hall of Fame Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo!
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. It is wild card week in the NFL. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers will travel to D.C. on Saturday to face Ron Rivera and the Washington football team for their first playoff contest in 13 years. Today on the show, we're going to preview this Saturday's game. And of course, we'll catch you up on any news that you might have missed from this week. But as I was saying, welcome back to the show today for episode 159. I'm your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mister Evan Wanish. You excited for the game this weekend? Look at me changing up the question on you. Keep you on your toes.
0: Yeah, I can't just do the the generic answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's something that I haven't covered at all, so uh, it'll be it'll be a first. There's um, obviously a first for everything, and now it's the first time for a, a Saturday wildcard game. So.
1: Yeah, and as far as what this game means for Tampa Bay, it seems like the most simple one of all season. If you lose, you go home and your season is over. Uh, The playoffs are officially here, if I haven't said that three or four times by now, but it is definitely an exciting time of year, and um, it's our first playoff game that we're going to be doing a game preview of. Welcome back to the game preview show. It is our first one, it feels like, in two or three weeks, because I think every Thursday we've been doing a call-in show, which is always good and fun, but... I figure for the playoffs, we get back to what we're really good at, and that is giving you a good old-fashioned game preview. Before we get any further, we got a couple of sponsors we got to get out of the way. First and foremost, I want to remind everybody, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. It's Wild Card Week, and if you've got a good feeling about a certain upset this weekend, well, check out our friends at BetOnline. Game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And, of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So make sure you head over to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. We got one more ad, one new sponsor that we had teased to you guys before the new year. And here we go. Support for CFP is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools, for your family jewels. Sometimes it's tough seeing below the belt. You, you can't always see what you're doing down there. There's blades and razors around your junk. It, it kind of sucks and it can be uncomfortable. But that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 long months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CANNON20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code CANON 20 Alright. Usually kick things off on the game preview with this week's injury report. We got some news from Bruce Arians today in his press conference about some players that... Came back to practice, some guys who were going to be game time decisions. We're going to break all those down here in a second. Let's get through the list for Tampa Bay. Now, this is Wednesday's injury report, so we'll kind of give you updates as we go over the names. But here we go. Cornerback Carlton Davis returned to practice this week from that groin injury. He was limited on Wednesday. Uh, He did practice today as well. And Bruce had said that Davis is going to be a game time decision. But between you and me, I mean, I get a good feeling he'll, he'll be ready to go.
0: Yeah, I would. If I had to guess, I would say that he'll be he'll be all right. Um, he was, like you said, limited in practice. He returned to practice on Wednesday. He practiced a little bit today. Uh, I don't think they have practice tomorrow because I think tomorrow's the travel day. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's that's it for the week, and I I do believe that he'll be a game time decision, but he'll likely go.
1: Ronald, uh, running back Ronald Jones, a guy that I don't think anybody has any doubts about, with that fingerish uh, finger injury, excuse me, he was full participation after putting up 70 odd yards last Sunday. He'll be fine. He'll be running heavy. Defensive lineman Jeremiah Ledbetter with a calf injury did not practice on Wednesday, and today Bruce said in his press conference that he's going to be out. Not a huge blow to that defensive line, but I mean, for a guy that you saw make a big play within the last two weeks, it's it's got to mean something.
0: Um. Yeah, it's just a, a below to the depth. Um, luckily, they, they are getting Steve McClendon back this week, I believe, so um, sort oh. of just swapping him out, I, I guess, but yeah, it definitely sucks that a guy like better. I mean, I don't know if he was going to be active anyway, but it, it's that option obviously isn't there right now. Yeah.
1: Now, another guy in that running back room who comes back into the mix, running back LaShawn McCoy, wasn't injury related. He just missed some time, but he was back full participation at practice this week. So while we're on the topic of a game preview, I wanted to ask if that means we see a little bit more of Shady in the rotation this weekend.
0: Um, I don't think so. I think they're going to stick with pretty much how it was almost against Atlanta. I think it's going to be Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette's probably going to be in on third downs. I I don't think you're going to see a ton of McCoy, but who knows? Uh, But I I would expect most of the time you're going to see Jones or Fournette back there.
1: Last guy to wrap up the Buccaneers side of the injury report, outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul, who was on this list every single week. But the biggest difference between this week and other weeks is that, well, he didn't practice for two days and then, Early reports coming out of practice today was that he wasn't there. Uh, Bruce Arians cleared it up in his presser and said that you know he showed up late and he did get a day's worth of practice in, so that's good news. But uh, yeah, with that knee injury, I-, I was getting a little bit worried. I won't lie to you.
0: Well, I mean, something i brought up on the show a little bit. I mean, since Week 15 versus Atlanta, what has Jason Pierre-Paul really done? You know, I mean. Is that knee really bothering him that much? It very well could be, and maybe he's just trying to gut it out because I mean, week 14 versus Minnesota was the last real impact play I can remember him having when he had that trip sack on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, um, That was really the last impact play he's had, so it's been a slow few weeks for uh, Pierre-Paul, and hopefully he can get, get back to it. But obviously, they, they're they getting Shaq Barrett back. Barrett was activated off the, off the COVID list, so they got one pass rusher back, but luckily um, it seems like they're going to have both their pass rushers on Saturday.
1: Absolutely. So Bruce made that clear. JPP will be good to go. And as you had just mentioned, with the addition of Shaq Barrett coming back, they should be in good shape. Now, let's take a look at Washington. They have an extensive injury report. Defensive tackle Jonathan Allen, not injury related, was full participation on Wednesday. I'm assuming he practiced again today. He'll be good to go. Linebacker Thomas Davis, senior with a knee injury, did not participate. Haven't heard a lot of updates on that side of it, but he is retiring.
0: Yeah, I think he he might be out. I think I, I read somewhere that he may be out. So yeah, if if this is truly his last game, it it, it sucks. Um you know, because if, if obviously if Washington loses, he's already announced that like he's done. So yeah. uh I do believe though, I can try I can try to confirm it, but I do believe that he is he's out. Um yeah, okay, yeah. Game status out. Thomas Davis, yep. So Thomas Davis is potentially out for his last uh, hurrah in the NFL. Damn, what a shame. I'm
1: going to wrap up this list if you want to update me on any more just because this is the Wednesday injury report. Cornerback Kendall Fuller with a knee injury was limited on Wednesday. He'll probably be good to go. Running back Antonio Gibson with a toe injury was also limited. uh, He's going to give it a go. I think they really need him back there in that rotation. Wide receiver Terry McLaurin with an ankle injury was limited. He'll be playing. Linebacker Kevin Pierre-Louise. Lewis, Louis,
0: Louis, yeah. Lewis. There we go.
1: With an ankle injury, he was limited participation. Offensive guard Brandon Scherf with a shoulder injury was limited participation. And the most interesting name on this list, quarterback Alex Smith with a calf injury was limited participation. So, you yep. th- this <clears> whole storyline, <throat> the quarterback position with Washington is what I wanted to bring up and talk about. I think most of the other guys on that list that I had mentioned are probably going to play.
0: Yeah, so John, John Kime, who's a Redskins, uh, Redskins, sorry, Washington reporter, uh, said uh, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Alex Smith, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis are all listed as questionable. And then Kenner Fuller, Brandon Scherf, and Jonathan Allen, who were on the injury report this week, won't be listed on Thursday, so they're playing.
1: Okay, all right. So Alex Smith, in the situation that Washington finds themselves in at quarterback they got rid of Dwayne Haskins uh they weren't really having much success with Dwayne Haskins Ron Rivera hasn't exactly been private about that and Alex Smith has basically (laughs) made them four and one in the games that he started uh so this is definitely a much different team with Alex Smith under center it's not an explosive offense by any means but the question mark this week comes in the form of who the hell you think we're gonna see under center because Alex Smith, while he was limited at practice on Wednesday, Tyler Heineke, their backup, was taking first-team reps for the entire practice. Um, reporters have kind of asked, and, and they've hinted around the idea of maybe a quarterback rotation. And, I mean, Ron Rivera, he, he's Riverboat Ron for a reason, so I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they attack the Bucks with multiple quarterbacks? I have to assume maybe they have a couple of cute plays scripted up, but aside from that, I just don't know how they can game plan for – a two quarterback rotation in a short week like this.
0: Well, I mean, Heineke was got in a little bit versus Carolina. Uh, it's Taylor Heineke, not Tyler. My bad. Um, so he he's only started one game in his career. Um, it was in Carolina in 2018. Uh, he lost that game. He's thrown two touchdowns in his career to three interceptions. So like he just he doesn't have a lot of work. He's appeared in eight games total in his career, twenty seven years old. Uh, The biggest difference between Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke is Heineke is more mobile. Uh, yeah. Alex Smith used to be a guy that could escape but since that leg injury he just he hasn't been able to do it and it's a shame um, but it's still a remarkable story for Alex Smith I mean this dude almost died and here he is playing in a playoff game in you know 48 hours so um it's it'll be interesting to see what they do i i think rivera might not be lying here i think he may really if if alex smith struggles and let's say the bucks are up seven nothing ten nothing i think you could see heineke come in i really do and then maybe if there's a point in the game where heineke starts to struggle you could see smith come back in i don't think he's lying there but if i had to bet money i would say alex smith starts this game at least um i know there's some washington uh you know, people that that cover the team and stuff that think that Heineke may actually give them a better shot to win than Smith because of the mobility factor. Uh, Alex Smith just—he's not able to, to avoid pressure anymore. And if you get pressure, um, it, it's just it, he can't do anything. He, he just falls down almost. So Heineke would be able to escape that a little bit. And he's an elusive guy. He's a smaller guy. I think he's like six one or so. Um, but Smith just can't. He he just can't move like he used to, and that's the yep. biggest difference. Um, it'd also be something that the Bucks aren't necessarily prepared for. I mean, they've they've been you know most of the week they've been thinking Alex Smith was going to be the quarterback, and now they have to prepare for somebody else who they don't have a lot of film on. So that could be some something that, like you said, maybe they put a few wrinkles in there or Washington on offense. Um, a few trick plays, something like that, maybe, but I do think Alex Smith starts the game, but I I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see him do maybe some type of rotation, not like in every other series thing, but like if Smith starts and the offense is really struggling and like, they have like no points or like three points, I can see Heineke come in, let's say Heineke gets into a tie game and then he starts struggling, they go down again and they put Smith back in. I can honestly see that, um it'll be interesting to see if Ron Rivera is a good coach and he knows what he's doing. So I would trust him with that if I was a Washington fan, but it is, it's, it's going to be weird for, you know, Todd Bowles to try, try and scheme this because how are right. you supposed to know which one? So I, I think there's, they're probably looking at Heineke now a little bit more than they would have. Um, and are they're, they're going to try to be prepared for both.
1: Absolutely. That pressure is going to be critical regardless of who is under center. But I'll tell you what, before we break down the rest of this game. Oh yeah.
0: Well, if, if you don't pressure Alex Smith, he's going to sit back and he'll, he'll he's not going to turn the ball over. And yeah. unless you get pressure in his face, he's not turning the ball over. That's something he's done all his career. So you're not getting your hands on the ball. If you, if you can't pressure him. Absolutely. Now I just want to
1: remind everybody that too much of anything is bad, but too much sports. I, I mean, it's barely enough fellas with that in mind. Say hello to January 2021 from an expanded NFL playoff to the college football playoff, the return of the NBA, the NHL. This truly is a great month to be a sports fan. If you want to add some excitement to the games that you love, then it's a the perfect time to check out our friends at MyBookie. bookie. They'll hook you up with a 50% deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks when you si- when you sign up, excuse me. And they'll keep the good times rolling with giveaways, free bets, and huge contests all year long. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code Fire, and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Head over to MyBookie today and start 2021 off on the right foot. Once again, sign up, promo code Fire, and you get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks This year, bet with the best, bet with my bookie. What do you guys think 2021 rolling out with all the sponsorships? That's the last one for this episode though. Don't worry. So Let's get a little bit more into this game preview. When it comes to Washington on Saturday, we started talking about the possibilities at quarterback. Let's talk about what their offense brings to the table. And and I'll just say it bluntly. It doesn't seem like it's that much, Uh, regardless of if it's Alex Smith under center or Taylor Heineke back there for whenever he gets back there. This isn't an offense that, you know, I particularly feel threatened by, and I really just don't expect them to try and force the ball downfield. Like I said, maybe some cute scripted plays with their two quarterbacks. seems like that's the future of the NFL now, but aside from that, I just don't know if they'll be able to keep up.
0: Yeah. So I do agree that the the Washington offense just isn't like, it's just not. So, so here's their last four games. They put up 23 points. Twenty, uh, no, twenty-three points in a win, fifteen points in a loss, thirteen points in a loss, and twenty points in a win. Um, it's just, and then before that, twenty-three points in a win. Um, Thanksgiving they got forty-one, which is which was a season high. Uh, that was Antonio Gibson just running wild, and that was against the Cowboys. I think the Bucks have a better defense than the Cowboys. Um, you know, it, it's. You're not threatened by this offense, but yet again, this is an offense that doesn't turn the ball over It's just not that explosive and when you're looking at what Washington likes to do, I think it matches up well with Tampa because Tampa is going to be able to stop the run. So Antonio Gibson at least in the run game. I don't think it's gonna be a huge factor um and then, obviously, in the passing game, that's where I'm more worried about Gibson because Gibson is a guy that can play all three downs. He can hurt you in the passing game, the screen game. But also, he's not 100% healthy. So yeah. I don't know how much they're going to try to work him in there. Uh, Terry McLaurin is a stud wide receiver, but yet again, he's not 100% healthy. This team is just super banged up right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So, uh, yeah, they'll probably struggle. I mean, uh, they probably will. Um, they're going to have to take their opportunities and, and – You know, because I don't think there's going to be many in this game for almost for either team, really. I really think both teams are going to have to really take advantage of some opportunities. Um, If you get a turnover, it's got to turn into points. If somebody misses a field goal, you got to go down and turn that into points. Um, You got to take advantage of of the miscues by your opponent because I don't think, I I just don't see this being a very high scoring game by either team. Um, But yeah, as far as Washington goes, they're just. They don't have a lot of weapons, and the weapons that they do have are banged up. Uh, Logan Thomas, the tight end, has been having a pretty solid season, so I would watch out for him, especially against the Bucks' linebackers um, and, and safeties. But uh, as far as that, uh, I, they don't really have a second wide receiver behind McLaurin. Uh, running backs are J.D. McKissick. Eh. I mean, their offensive line is okay. Um, it's not the worst, but it's not the greatest either. So uh, I do think that this is going to be a game where Washington doesn't score a ton, but I also don't think they're gonna turn the ball over four or five times. I don't think you're gonna see that. This they, they don't score a ton, but they don't put the ball in harm's way either.
1: Yeah, and we had talked a little bit about it on Monday's show, but just to reiterate here, I think if this offense has success with anything, it's just going to be the short game because it seems like that's what always gets Tampa Bay. It doesn't yeah, matter you up, if you they
0: can't play soft zone. Exactly. If they come out
1: zone. and they're in a bad, you know, and they're in a uh, in a bad defense, they're going to get torn up. A, a soft zone, not playing man with your big, strong, physical cornerbacks, um, not controlling the line of scrimmage and giving Alex Smith, I don't know, three, four seconds to throw the ball doesn't Well, matter. It's a
0: soft zone? You don't even need three, four seconds. It's just yeah. all they're going to run is those, you know, five yard curls. They'll gain on first down. They'll gain, you know, four or five yards, and then on second down, they'll run it for three yards. And then you have a third and one that you can't stop. Is it's tough to stop every third and one, and that's how it will go. If Th-
1: that's if, a, yeah. if you
0: come out playing that type of soft zone, you're going to be basically giving up on on first down.
1: It'll be long drives that take a lot of time off the clock yeah. and probably result in points. But and that's what in, that's
0: what Washington wants. That's I'm yeah. sure that's the game plan. Yeah, to control the control the clock and win the game. the The more you can keep that, everybody's talking about. Oh, Tampa Bay offense versus the Washington defense. The Tampa Bay offense can't do nothing if they're sitting on the sidelines. You know, I mean, that, that's everybody says. Oh, the best way to beat this quarterback is to keep him on the sidelines. That's exactly what Washington is saying right now. Yeah. That's why they're saying, man, long drives, six, seven, eight minute drives, no turnovers, and and they should win this game. Um, and it's up to the Bucks to say, hey, no, like we're gonna get you off the field and we're gonna give our offense as many opportunities as possible.
1: Now, for Tampa Bay and their defense, I know we had already mentioned that, you know, playing man is going to be pretty important this week. I think when you're facing a team that excels in the in the short game, it's what you have to do. You have to play physical. Uh, Controlling the line of scrimmage is going to be a really big deal. And we kind of talked about the absence of Devin White, who is really what gets the blitz going on this defense. You got Kevin Minter, who did a really good job, a guy who knows this defense, who's been around the block a few times. He knows what he's doing back there. So I have the utmost faith in him. But I'm assuming they just kind of carry over the same game plan they had against Atlanta because it seemed to work pretty okay.
0: Well, I mean, as far as what? I guess as far as just is that that defense versus Atlanta was pathetic at times. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it, it was. I mean, you, I believe you, you, you can't you can't sit there and tell me that they played good. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not going to buy that. Kevin Minter was okay. Um, I mean, the Falcons ran for over 100 yards on him, I believe. Uh, the Falcons, who are one did. of the worst rushing they offenses in, in the NFL. Um, so man, so let me rephrase. I, 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 understand, I understand that Brian Hill did have that one run, which is like the outlier, but still, that hasn't happened all year.
1: So let me rephrase then. you know, With Kevin Minter being there, with the absence of Devin White, what do you think the the best game plan for them will be?
0: Well, obviously, yeah, it's the it's play man coverage. And honestly, I, I, I don't know, man, because if you blitz... The the Washington's preparing for you to blitz because they're going to have that short outlet there every single time. They're not going to put long developing routes in because they know that you like the blitz and, you know, the long developing routes while it could, you know, you could hit pay dirt basically on a long developing route on a blitz. it it could also mean that your quarterback's getting sacked because he just doesn't have enough time. So I think the Bucs might just want to sit back and rush with four, maybe send a Minter or Levante David every now and then. Uh, I think just sit back, try to get there with four. You have Shaq Barrett back. I I think that's your best case. And just, you know, especially if it's Alex Smith, he's not going to be moving around and stuff. So your defensive end are are not going to have to play contain as much uh, because this type of guy isn't the guy that's going to burn you on the ground with his leg. So um, I, I do believe that the best route right now would be to just play for obviously if 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 the whole game and it's the fourth quarter and you're not getting pressure you gotta send some blitzers obviously if if the score you know if if the score is not where you want it to be uh you're gonna have to obviously change things up but to start the game i would say look guys like this washington offensive line is not elite by any means You should be able to win some one-on-ones, just rushing four. Our defensive backs are good enough. Washington is banged up. They have a quarterback that doesn't like to run. Uh, I would would just send four and and see what happens.
1: Now – for a guy on that defensive line, I know we've already kind of talked about him, but I need to see a really big game this week from Jason Pierre-Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, getting Shaq Barrett back is going to be a breath of fresh air, I'm sure. But as you had mentioned a little bit earlier, we haven't seen a whole lot from him since the Minnesota game, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, with the contract that he's on, you kind of need Yo, to see something from him this in the this playoffs.
0: Is the time. This this is what you're paying for. Yeah, you know you're paying Jason Pierre-Paul at about eleven million dollars a year. You're paying Shaq Barrett at sixteen. I mean, both those guys have to have good games. Yeah, I mean it's not just one or the other. It's got to be both of them. If you're getting paid, you know, big time starter money, you better perform at these moments. Tom Brady on the other side. Tom Brady's got to play well. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know that offensive line. You know, heavy uh, a lot of. High paid guys there. I believe three guys that are over $10 million or $10 million or over, I should say. Um, those guys got to perform. Your highest paid players have to play like they're your highest paid players. So yeah, Jason beer Paul has got to live up to that. And right now he just hasn't. Don't know if that knee is, is the reason. Um, I'm just sort of speculating there that obviously he didn't practice yesterday because of the knee uh, and, and obviously he must've been limited at some capacity at Davis. He was, you know, later on, but Um, and then his lack of production, uh, these last few games. So yeah, he's a guy that's going to have to step up. And if, if Shaq Barrett and Jason Paul can't get to Alex Smith, it's, it's going to be a long day because Washington is just going to dink and dunk. and It's going to be incredibly frustrating.
1: Yeah. The lack of pressure against Atlanta was something I wanted to bring up and I kind of forgot, but it's just going to be an issue. You know, we, we talked all season long about this team and bringing pressure with four people. When you're not always coming in hot off of the blitz, you don't have a Devin white to shoot the gap. You got Kevin Minter who gave it a valiant effort, but really didn't get home at all last week. So yeah, it's going to be more important than ever. And I think against an offensive line like Washington, I've got a little bit of faith that maybe they can make a move on one of those tackles at least once on Saturday, but uh I guess we just have to wait and see. Let's flip things over to the other side of the ball. I want to talk about this Buccaneers offense and what they're going to be facing. A Washington defense that ranked second in the NFL and gave up the fourth fewest points, just a little over 20 per game. They come in on a little bit of a hot streak. They have held seven straight opponents to less than 20 points. Now, it's, you know, it's not like they've been playing star-studded opponents or Super Bowl-grade teams but it still is a feat in itself, I think, to keep an NFL team under 20 points, regardless of who it is.
0: So of those teams that they've played, one of those teams is a playoff team. And it was. Um, So that's yeah, that that that's some context. Um, They allowed 17 to the Steelers. But yeah, it started with nine to the Bengals, uh, 16 to the Cowboys, 17 to the Steelers, 15 to the 49ers. 20 to the Seahawks, 20 to the Panthers, and 14 to the Eagles. So um that they, they allowed the week before the the Bengals game, they allowed thirty to the Lions. Uh the the most they've allowed in the season is thirty-four to the Browns, which is week three. So that's a while. That was a long time ago. So yeah. um this defense, yeah. While they're you know, you could look at it and say, oh, well, they're not playing, you know, the greatest offenses. Um well actually Seattle's a Seattle's a playoff team too. Sorry, uh, but I mean they, you know, Seattle and Pittsburgh. I, I mean, those are two playoff teams. Obviously, I know Pittsburgh's had their struggles on offense this season, um, and Seattle at times it has too. But I mean, they'll give up 17 points to Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and 20 points to Seattle. I mean, they, they, Washington beat Pittsburgh, and they only lost to Seattle by five. So, like, this defense is keeping them in games. That's just the offense just hasn't been able to do it. Yeah. They got dominated by Carolina pretty much that entire game and still only lost by seven. Uh, I know Carolina's not the juggernaut, but, I mean, this defense is is really keeping them in games. That's not the first time. Uh, I mean, it's really not. They allowed uh, three to the Cowboys in a 25-3 to three victory for Washington. Um, we— Week one, a seventeen to the Eagles. Um, week, uh, I'm not sure which week that is, but they lost to the Giants, but twenty to nineteen. I mean, they allowed twenty points. The next one versus the Giants, twenty three points. That's still decent. Yeah. So, I mean, th- this defense is working their butts off, and the offense just hasn't hasn't responded, um, hasn't responded with the same effort. And, yeah. um it- It'll definitely be a big test, but yeah, this is this is the best offense that this Washington defense is going to play.
1: Yeah. Now, while we're still talking about this Washington defense, the bright spot obviously goes to that defensive line. They've got NFL rookie of the year Chase Young, Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and like thirty-seven other first-round picks.
0: Ryan Carrigan. Ryan, uh, yeah, you can you can go on and on. Um, they've loaded up. If you look at their drafts, I mean, it is it's you know, first-round defensive lineman after first-round defensive lineman. I, man. I know
1: Montez Sweat is a guy that we went into detail on this show few years back when he was coming out of the draft.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they even have, um, Ryan Anderson from Alabama, who doesn't really worked out, but he was a second round pick, I think. Um, good players i mean really good players yeah uh, they they you know they got chase young obviously he's been he's been like that dude but uh, they remind me of the 49ers a lot um, just a team that has a defense that just needs a quarterback and maybe another piece on offense and they're they're better than 7 and 9 you know yeah. i think they're you know 10 and 6 11 and 5 something like that but um Yeah, their defensive line is super talented. They wouldn't have won seven games without – with the way this offense was performing, they wouldn't have won seven games without this defense, and it's powered by a defensive line. Uh, You look at their linebackers and their secondary, and a lot of the names aren't going to pop out at you, but they're solid enough. And a defensive line can really mask problems for a secondary and linebacker. So if your linebackers have coverage issues and your secondary is in eh, a good defensive line will mask that. So that's why I've been preaching. That's why I'm always looking whenever the off season rolls around. I just want the Bucks to just load up on defensive linemen because if you can have that rotation, it could just, be so successful for your defense you No know, matter everyone talks about all oh, the secondary you need to draft a defensive back you need to assign a corner uh, if they if the quarterback doesn't have time to get the ball to to the receivers, you know it's as a recipe for success and that's exactly that the The style that Washington has taken so yeah. Jack Del Rio is our defensive coordinator. He's a really good coach and um, It's gonna be a tremendous test uh, I the the Bucks haven't faced a defense this good since Week Eleven versus the Rams, um, so it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see.
1: Now for Tampa Bay, which, the, which
0: mind you, the Bucs did put up twenty four on that Rams team, so yes they did. Uh, I, I
1: think they would have won that game um, until you know stuff happened, but it, it seemed like they were in a position to compete in that game all the way till the very end. So they do match up pretty well against these good defenses. But I wanted to talk about the offense and they in uh, their game plan for this Saturday. What does the attack look like? Well. You know, I'll kind of throw my two cents out there to begin with. I think a healthy dose of Ronald Jones to really get them rolling at the beginning of the game is going to go a long way. But I think this is a game where you pretty much just, if he is cooking, take the leash off of Ronald Jones. I think this is the game to do that. I mean, when you're in the playoffs and you have a running back who is averaging five, six yards per carry, just run the damn ball. That's all you got to do. But if it doesn't work, I still think they can have a lot of success on play action. Obviously, whether you have a run game or not, helps the play or uh, it doesn't matter. The play action will work. But when you have a running back who is running, it helps the play action even more. These past few weeks, Tom Brady has been absolutely insane on the deep ball play action. Uh, And statistically throughout the season, I think this offense drives a lot off of the 12 personnel offense. And I think we'll see a lot of that against uh, Washington.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're you're probably right. Um, I think that you'll, you will see a good bit of Ronald Jones. I think they want to get him going. And really, if you look at it, it's really the success for this team. However, they've done a really good job recently of throwing the ball on first down and use, utilizing that play action. And that's something important. Um, but also, think about wearing this defensive line down. You know, maybe yeah. do some up tempo stuff. Uh, you know, a quick screen for six yards, hurry up to the line, snap the ball. Tire this defensive line out so they can't make substitutions. And then, you know, they're just going to get tired and not be as effective. And then you can take your deep shot if you want it. Yeah. Uh, the deep shots are, if you're going to try to force deep shots in this game, you're going to lose because. The, the Washington is not going to allow you to just for one, you won't have the time to sit back there and, and just do that. Uh, you're not going to have that type of time. Uh, the Rams are maybe the better all around defense. Uh, but Washington has a better defensive line than the Rams did Um, so you're not going to have the time to sit back there and and throw the ball 30 yards in the air. You're going to have to come up with some stuff and and they really have done a good job of that these past few weeks doing those quick screens with Brown and Godwin. They tried to a slant with Brown. Um, They've been doing some crossing stuff so they've been doing a good job.
1: the screens to Gronk always seem to find a way to
0: work and he's the slowest dude on that offense. Yeah, well I mean they just ran it for the first time since like week five. That was like They didn't really run screens of Gronk uh, that much, so... It'll be interesting to see. It'll be an interesting game plan. I think it's going to be. It's. I think they're smart enough to realize that they can't force the ball down the field. So yeah. I think it's almost going to be a lot like what Washington's going to try to do. They're the Bucks are going to try to control the clock and say, Hey, you know, we get seven. We want to control the clock so much that we don't even have to be perfect on offense. If we get 17 points, we're going to win because there's just not enough time on the clock. We're you know controlling the time of possession so much, um, which I mean, obviously the Bucks would like to score on every drive, of course, but they know that there's Washington defense is going to be an extreme challenge. And you know, we'll see, is Mike Evans going to play yeah. right now? I, uh, I think, I think so. he's going to, I think he's, Bruce I'm, says he's a game
1: time decision. He yeah. says he'll give it a shot, but I mean, there were videos of him running around at practice today. I, I just, you know, for Mike Evans, if he was anybody else, I would say no, but he is Mike freaking Evans and, you know, if there's one thing we know about the guy is that he is team first and it is his first playoff appearance after seven years in the league. He's good. He's going to play.
0: Yeah, I don't know how effective he'll be, but I, I do think I've changed my stance on that. I think he's going to play. Um, he maybe uses more of a decoy, which is OK, though. I know a lot of people are upset with me uh, about my comments last week that, were last episode. I should say that. You got to take, you know.
1: take the heat now. Hold on. All right. Hold on. I got to. The floor is yours. The people are the people are listening. They await your address.
0: So everybody wants to take this as me saying that they're going to lose and it's going to be just like the Chicago game. But the people that are saying that just read that little quote that I posted. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't listen actually, to the episode. <laughs> they actually didn't listen to the episode. I stated that it felt like the Chicago game because good defensive line on the other side. Right. I'm talking about the opponent here. Good defensive line. Good defensive coordinator. Road game gonna be cold. You know the Bucks are a little banged up on offense. Mike Evans is injured. But I also went on to say, which obviously, of course, we can't fit the entire episode into one little quote graphics thing. <laughs> so not really much you can do there. I went on to say the difference is that they have Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown now, which they did not in that game. So yeah, I'm not saying that they're gonna lose this game. And it's gonna be just like Chicago. Uh, everybody took that as, oh my God, what is this? What is this? Look, calm down. I'm not saying that they're going to lose like Chicago. I'm just saying that the game has a similar feel. Whereas Mike Evans, you know, is hurt. He's banged up. Not sure how effective he's going to be. He still caught a touchdown in the Chicago game, by the way, Yes, he did. Um, but not sure how effective he's going to be. The bucks are going up against another offense. That's not great, um, but they have a strong defense. That's what I'm saying. It feels like Chicago for. So, the overreactions to that post are crazy. You guys start listening to the show more. <laughs> if you guys listen to that, if you guys haven't listened to that show, but are listening to this show right now, you don't have to go back. If you know what quote I'm talking about, um, just look on my the Instagram page. It's it's on there, and just read the comment section. It's a little bit crazy, but um, that's that's basically it.
1: I appreciate you addressing that. I wanted to talk about Mike Evans a little bit more because yeah, he is coming into this game not 100, percent but. He's Mike freaking Evans, as I said. And I just want to take a moment and recognize what he did this season because it seemed like he was battling injuries pretty much the whole year. Um, You know, I think maybe there were two, three, four weeks out of the season where you could say he was 100%. Uh, I think he had that hamstring injury early off to start the year. He had like an ankle injury to follow it up. Well, he still got his thousand yards after a slow-ass start, and he set a new record for touchdowns. So I mean, if he can do that while well, he's not one hundred percent, I just that you know, that's that's what kind of ties it all together. That's why I think he plays and that's why I think he's in a much mm-hmm. bigger role than a lot of people expect for this Saturday.
0: Yeah, so I mean he broke he broke the Buccaneers record for touchdowns and the yes. NFL record for uh most consecutive thousand yard seasons. So yeah, he's a he's a tough SOB. I mean, he's um He's a guy that's always going to. That's why I do think he's going to play. I I thought the way this week would have gone is he wasn't going to really practice at all. And they were going to say, oh, he's a game time decision. And then he wasn't going to play. Right. Uh, But now that he was able to practice, and Arian seemed pretty optimistic. So I'll say he plays. Not sure exactly how much he plays. Like, he may be on a snap count, Uh, especially because, like I said, why rushing back? When you've got Antonio Antonio Brown and
1: Chris Godwin doing what they're doing.
0: Um, you know, the Chicago game, I think that's why they did. They didn't want to go into a game with Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller as the two starting wide receivers. And that's why they played Mike Evans in that game. Um, and now this game, you could go without Mike Evans and still have, you know, two number one wide receivers. So yeah. um, that are both playing at a very high level right now, coming off probably their two best games of the season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much Mike Evans has used, but it's definitely a positive sign because you want him out there. Um, And for a guy like Mike, he really deserves it. So absolutely. One more thing
1: on this offense before we kind of wrap things up. I want to talk about this offensive line because, I mean, this is obviously the biggest game that they've had. in Yeah. Um, it's a playoff game. You're protecting it's, Tom it's, Brady. It's the,
0: it's the position that's going to determine whether they win or lose. If yes. the offensive line fails, the Bucks will lose. And, uh, I'm guaranteeing. You know, obviously if, they can, if they can stand tight, sorry about that. But no, you're good. If they, if they can stand tight, I think the Bucks could really exploit the, the secondary.
1: And obviously all eyes go to Chase Young, whether he's going to be lined up against Donovan Smith or Tristan Wirth. I'm sure he'll get worse from both sides.
0: But yeah, but he most likely rushes from the left side, so most of the time he'll be against Smith.
1: Okay. But... I'm looking at the center. I'm looking at the interior offensive line because if that pocket breaks and Brady has to scramble, they're going to hit him. Like, that's how talented those edge rushers are. If Tom Brady has to roll out, he's going to get hit. It's just that that's just how I see it happening. And so, you know, the offensive line as a whole, yeah, they have to stop Chase Young, but uh, Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, and, of course, Alex Kappa, I'm going to be watching those guys most of the game.
0: Yeah, Brady not being mobile at all really hurts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, even if you were a little bit mobile, like you could avoid some of
1: that. He got that that touchdown on the run to A.B. last week, huh?
0: Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, he
1: got them legs a-moving.
0: That's not going (laughs) to happen. So, I mean, I think he finished with six rushing yards in the season, so. um, Three rushing (laughs) touchdowns? Uh, Huh? Three rushing touchdowns. Hey, maybe you see one of those. It's gonna be that type of game. It's gonna, I think, seriously think it's gonna be that type of game. Um, So yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, like I said, if the offensive line fails, they're gonna lose. The Bucks are gonna, they're not gonna be able to put up enough points. It's gonna result in turnovers, giving Washington short fields, and Washington is gonna capitalize on them. But if the Bucks offensive line holds up. Like, you don't even have to be perfect. Just hold up enough. Because this offense, the Washington offense, is not going to put up a ton of points. I really don't think so. And if they do, then shame on Todd Bowles and shame on everybody on that entire defense. Because yeah. this offense should not put up any more than the most is, like, 24. That's the most. Um, and even that might be a stretch. So, um but just on offense, man, just, yeah. You know, I don't know how effective you're going to be able to run the ball. The Bucks haven't been able to effectively run it consistently uh, throughout the season. Um, but, yeah, if you give Brady time, I think Gronkowski against those linebackers, I mean, he is against going to be against, I believe, Cameron Curl, who is a safety for them. Rookie safety has been really good. But he won't be up against Gronkowski the whole game. But I think Gronkowski won't match up against some of those linebackers. Backers. They didn't get Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, uh, and Mike Evans. Washington's defenses, uh, their weakness is their corners. Uh, their corners are probably the worst part of their defense. They're not bad, but they're certainly not good. Uh, they're more like average. So if you can get one-on-ones with Brown and Godwin and Evans uh, and give Brady time to get to those guys, I think it, it could be get out of hand. Um, yeah. Get out and, of hand and that's... quickly for Washington.
1: That's exactly the counterpoint I wanted to bring up is, you know, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on this offensive line to protect Tom. But if they protect Tom, which they've been doing a pretty damn good job of this season so far, I think he's going to tear them up like they do have a good front four. But aside from that, I just really think, you know, kind of how the offense isn't going to be able to keep up of Washington. I I just I don't know if they go out there and and they do their job. If you give Tom Brady time, I think this one gets out of hand.
0: Yeah, the, the thing that worries me is, like you said, oh, a good front four. Well, the Bucks have lost every game that they've played a good front four. That's um fair. Like, I mean, what? Like, the Giants game, they beat the Giants. The Giants have a decent front four. Uh, who else? The Packers have a decent front four. Um, that's, Chargers are okay on front four. Bears have a good front four. Yeah, but they lost. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about games they won and they played versus a f- good front four. Because, like, the Saints have a okay. good front All four right. and they lost. I thought you were going
1: through the list of,
0: okay, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, the, the, the Saints have a good front four and they lost twice. The Bears have a good front four and they lost. The Rams have a good front four and they lost. The Chiefs uh, they, don't really have they, that great of a front they, four they, and uh, they still lost. But, they have, but it, they it's they the have, Chiefs. They have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so it's the Chiefs. The, <laughs> Washington does not have Patrick Mahomes or Tyree Kill. So that's the difference there. But – yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing that worries me. It's like we always say, oh, well, if the front four, you know, if the offensive line can protect Brady, this could get out of the hand. Sure, it's the same way in the Chicago game. And, you know, in the Rams game, they could have won. And in the Saints game, maybe the second one's closer. second one's definitely closer. If the offensive line plays better. But maybe they even win or meet week one, they win. Um, yeah. Uh, but the issue is every time we say that, it never happens. So now is the time for it to happen. I mean, the. This Washington team, Arians is right when he says they're not looking at this as a seven and nine team because you can't. They're in the playoffs now. Yeah. This is it. Like the, their this play down it. the
1: stretch is what got them in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean they are in the playoffs and are four and one with Alex Smith as quarterback. And guess who's probably starting? Alex Smith. So um, they're an inspired football team. They're a well coached football team, and they're gonna come. They're gonna bring it. They, they are they they're hungry they're a young team that everybody really counted out nobody thought washington was going to win a division you all thought it was going to be philly or dallas really Yeah. everybody thought no, the giants and washington uh, they're not they're not going to be turns out washington was one and new york was second so um they're they're hungry to prove people wrong i have seen some people picking washington but for the consensus i've seen the people picking tampa and Washington's probably looking at that going, okay, like, yeah, keep doing it because we've been, we've been proven, you know, we've proven people wrong the entire year when people said we were done and people said Alex Smith would never play football again and this and that. Um, they've just, they've overcome so much between Dwayne Haskins, the whole, that whole mess, uh, Ron Rivera with his, you know, with his cancer, um, They've overcome so much now, and they're so strong. It really is like the
1: feel good story of the year. They, when you they, look at Washington. they probably
0: feel yeah, they probably feel almost invincible right now, and it's the Bucks' job to make them feel like, hey, you're, you're in the playoffs now, and we're just we're better. The Bucks are better than Washington. Yes, they are. Okay, but the Bucks need to go out and prove that they're better than Washington, and they need to basically yeah assert their place right there and say, look, we're better than you. We're gonna win this game. You guys had a good season, but you shouldn't be here anyway. We're gonna win. That's that's what the Bucks need to do. And um, but Washington has some sneaky players that could that could really kill them
1: Yeah. And that's been the tone of the Buccaneers season. You know, they've done a good job of beating the teams that they are better than. Uh, Sometimes they beat the teams that they're really not that much better than. Only
0: teams than the Bears. Yeah. We keep going back to that one. I just, I'm sorry. Except
1: the Bears. But what I'm saying is that I I think that same philosophy applies coming into this game. It's just a different playing field because it is Mm. the playoffs. But if you go in there and you play this game like we know that they can, they should come out victorious. Let's get into the weekly checklist. Every single week on the Game Preview Show, we do something called the Weekly Checklist. And basically what it is, it's a list of three things that the Bucks are going to have to do if they want to come out victorious. So uh, I'll say my three. Evan, if you have anything you want to add, totally feel free, my friend. But here we go. Number one, we talked about it to kind of start off the Game Preview, but feed Ronald Jones. I-, I think it's a really good game to let the leash off if he is running productively. Like... He definitely looked like he was on pace to do against Atlanta. I like 20-plus carries a game, 25 carries in this game if he really is rolling. I just think it's going to be that type of game. Number two, man-to-man is going to be really important. A lot of man coverage on defense. Play physical. You draft those corners for a reason, and um, you know, you're not going to be blitzing all the time. So I think it's just going to be very, very important to keep everybody physical, mess them up at the line of scrimmage, try and keep everything in front of you because I do not think... Washington is going to try and peel the top off of this defense. I just, I, I don't. Number three, we just talked about it. I guess I'm going to say it again, but protect Tom Brady. Yeah, it's a lot of, one. yeah, a, a lot of, a lot of pressure on the offensive line this week. Um, Probably the most pressure they've ever felt this season. I think the most pressure the entire team has felt the entire year, but uh, it's the playoffs. It is a different playing field and it is the most talented front four that you have played in months. So, uh, be ready, protect Tom. And if you protect Tom, he'll tear him up.
0: Yeah. I'm just going to add a uh, real quick. You're saying protect Tom. I'm going to say get after Alex Smith. Um, because yeah. if he doesn't have time, uh, this offense is going to implode. So, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good list. I think if, yeah, obviously even if two of those things happen, the Bucks should win by double digits. If two of those things happen, I think yeah. the biggest two are play man coverage and protect Tom Brady. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a good list.
1: All right. So let's wrap things up. Let's do some good old-fashioned score predictions. Evan, I'm going to toss it to you first. I'm interested to hear your take.
0: The 2010 Seattle Seahawks were 2-7 and seven, um, down the stretch. They finished 7-9. and nine. They won. See if this uh, sounds anything.
1: I'm starting to they get won, nervous
0: here. They won their division in the last game of the season. Washington won in the last game of their season. They hosted a NFC South team, the New Orleans Saints, and they beat the Bucks. Them. The Bucks are an NFC South team. The Saints went eleven and five, got second in the division. The Bucks went eleven and five, got second in the division. And the Seahawks, yeah, like you said, they beat the Saints. The two thousand and fourteen Carolina Panthers seven eight and one. So. They faced the 11-5 Arizona Cardinals.
1: The Bruce, Bruce Arians.
0: Arians led. Yes, Bruce Arians led Arizona Cardinals. Now, I do believe that – it doesn't say it here, but I do believe that the Cardinals at this point were on Ryan Lindley as their quarterback. So that's kind of a disclaimer that they are on their third-string quarterback. Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton had just gone down, and the Panthers ended up winning. So the last two teams to enter the playoffs with a losing record have beaten – those two teams and those two teams had eleven and five records. So now comes Washington. What the hell? It's uh, it, it's going to be a very difficult game. Are you? Uh, are, you
1: are Hold on. I, hold on. I think are it's you picking gonna, them to lose?
0: All right. It's hang on. It's going to be a very difficult game. Um, this game, they're going to have to play extremely disciplined, which they have all year. I mean, they, other than the Bears game um the bears game was sort of when it stopped like with the penalties and stuff oh yeah they, uh, I, they,
1: what they, they had like how many straight reps was it without a flag from the end of the chicago game because i remember it, well, was, it was a was, pretty yeah, impressive stretch. green
0: bay green bay they didn't have a penalty and then like i think las, las vegas they had one like the second quarter or something so they went like five quarters or something without a penalty it was pretty good yeah. um they're gonna have to literally limit the penalties Obviously, they're going to have to get their hands on a few balls. They're going to have to turn the ball, force Washington to turn the ball over. Um, Strip sacks, whatever, interceptions. You're probably more likely to get a strip sack than an interception just because Alex Smith is not going to take many chances. Um, But if it's Taylor Heineke, who knows? I mean, that dude could put it in harm's way. Who knows? Uh, Greg Allman didn't know. Taylor Heineke he actually has played against the Bucks before. He played. Yes, he, he has. Threw a Hail, he, he threw a Hail Mary uh, and, and for the Panthers because he had a stronger arm than Cam Newton. And uh, obviously, that Hail Mary fell short and the Bucks ended up winning. So um,
1: Another thing, too, just to kind of connect him to Tampa Bay once more, I had seen Allman post it, but he spent a couple weeks on New England's uh, practice squad in 2017. So he got to practice with Brady
0: for a couple weeks. There you go. Okay. So now, Washington. You know, and and the Bucks. Like I said, if if Tom if they protect Tom Brady, this game's gonna be a blowout. Like I, I'm pretty confident in that. However, I don't know if I'm confident enough in this offensive line to be able to slow down the Washington defensive line that much. So I'm gonna say final score, twenty one to twenty, Bucks win.
1: Okay. Oh, thank God. That's what I was waiting for, man. I know we had talked on Monday about how this is probably going to be a lower scoring game from what we've seen from Tampa Bay. I mean, from a team averaging over 30 points per game. Um, it's, it's
0: going to be a very ugly game. It's not going to be a game like and if, like casual NFL fans are probably going to be like, OK, this is boring. But yeah. yeah, 21 points for the Bucks and 20 points for the Washington football team. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring.
1: All righty. So. My prediction isn't nearly as close as yours, but I am in a similar boat where I think we see a couple of big plays. Maybe you see two touchdowns from Tom. I think you see Ronald Jones get in the end zone. But I've got the Buccaneers taking this one. I do think it's an early fashion. Yeah, right? Who would have thought? Um, But I think they do it 24 to 17. I I wanted to say 28 to 17, but... I don't know if they'd be in by eleven. I, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if they beat him by 11 and in that scenario, uh, they get a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal on one of the drives that I had mentioned. So, 24 to 17 is my final score, Bucks win by a touchdown. And uh hell yeah. I'm the, I'm going I'm route. going
0: to I'm going to predict that the Buccaneers are down at halftime, but then Tom Brady leads a comeback. Down. I'm how much? Pre- um let's go like let's go seven, 17 to 7. And then okay. Bucks, the that bug Bucks scored two two second half touchdowns and limit the the Washington football team to just a field goal in the second half.
1: Already, I think they'll be in a position where you see the two minute drill before the half, um, and I think they score on it. Maybe Who? they get the ball because they deferred at the beginning of the game and they come Who, out. Tam- and they score
0: Tampa and or Washington?
1: Huh? Tampa,
0: Tampa or Washington? Bay. Tampa. Bay. Okay, well Tampa's been accepting the ball, so we'll see.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, right. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I think I think we covered everything. I think that's I think it. we
0: did. I think we did. <laughs> the people I'm sure people will be angry at maybe, you know, I pick them to win. But God forbid I pick them to win by just one point. I, I know um, it's terrible. Football is a I mean, tough game, guys.
1: It is. Well, if you guys listen to this up until this point and uh, you haven't listened to Monday's show, make sure you listen to that one as well, because we do quite a bit of uh, pregame on that one, which I think is what made the tone of this one slower i don't know if that's the way to put it but all i'm trying to say is that check out monday's episode as well and uh, i want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the cannon fire podcast you can check out the show on social media facebook instagram and twitter all of those are cannon fire podcast basically the best place to go for updates on the show and of course buccaneer news as it happens speaking of bucks news that it happens you can follow my co-host evan on instagram at bucks underscore daily the number one buccaneers fan page on instagram You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. It is the playoffs. Ladies and gentlemen, if the Buccaneers lose, they go home. If they win, they advance to the divisional round for the first time in more than 13 years. For the first time.
0: The first time since the Super Bowl. (laughs) Oh, man. It's, I think, right? Because they were yeah. the wild card. The last two times they were in the playoffs was a wild card, which actually um 2005 they had played the Redskins the last time. Redskins well yes, at the did. time, Redskins. At the time they were Redskins. So um they had played Red the Redskins. Uh the last time the Bucks were eleven and five, and the Bucks ended up losing that game. Uh, that was that the the one who's the guy you might know. I won't. Uh, I suck. Uh too young, I guess. Who's the guy that caught the ball, but he dropped it? In the end zone, it was Chris Sims through it. It was a wide receiver.
1: Wasn't Joe? no. Wasn't Joey Galloway?
0: No. no. I forget, oh, my God. I forget his name. I'm trying to he, think He dropped, He dropped the ball. Was it, it Mike, was No, wasn't.
1: I don't think they had Michael Clayton yet. Because no, I don't remember no, it, a whole it was lot after, from that 05 season. Yeah, was, I was only like seven. I was maybe, ha, actually, I was six, on, hang, I think.
0: Hang on. We're, I'm going to figure this out before we leave. Hang on. Um, I am 100% figure something to figure out the
1: screen up. Everybody's in limbo.
0: Oh, well, because it was there was. Oh, my God, I don't remember. Um, Was it
1: wasn't Michael Clayton? Wasn't Joey. Gallagher? No,
0: it was. It wasn't any of those. I know it wasn't any of those. You the two Sheff- wide receivers. You Edel, Edel, Edel Shepard. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, I, what Edel the Sheff- hell,
1: dude, I wasn't getting that name. I think if anybody knew that I, geez, name. They deserve a little bit of brownie points because, listen, I know my fair share of, like, random Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, sure, but this is a big one. So with three minutes left in the game, Tampa Bay wide receiver Edel Shepard caught what appeared to be a 35-yard touchdown reception, but he lost control of the ball as he was coming down the end zone.
1: No, it's definitely so that, a big one. I just didn't know that
0: game. Yeah, so right of I bet you there's a lot of fans out there right now that were screaming at us. Shepherd, Edel Shepard, <laughs> Edel Shepard. I guarantee it. But that was the last time that the Bucks went 11-5. and They actually they played the then Washington Redskins. And then they, I believe, went either 10-6 or 9-7 in 2007 and lost to the Giants. Both times hosting a playoff game and both times against an NFC East opponent. So, yeah. Um, this yeah. time to go on the road to face an F.C.'s opponent. So hopefully the the outcome is much different.
1: And that 07 Giants team, the team that went on to knock off the undefeated That's Tom That's right. It all comes
0: full circle. It all comes full circle.
1: Right? Isn't that crazy? All right. Mystery solved. I think we can say podcast officially over.
0: Mm-hmm. I so, think.
1: So ladies and gentlemen, the next time we talk to you, uh, we'll it'll know. Either be,
0: it'll either be a, a, a sad one or it'll be like a oh, cool one. Yeah. 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 yeah,
1: let's just leave it at that. I'm a little anxious. I, I know you're anxious as well, but we've got some playoff football to look forward to for the first time in however many years it has been. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you Monday after the game. Until then, go Bucks!
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.